Hello and welcome to yet another edition of Through Imperialize. My name is Brayden Ledbetter. I'm your host. I'm your co-host, Jackson Daleen. How's it going? It's going. It's it's going. That's all I can say about now. Uh, yeah, some that's, that's unfortunate circumstances are happening in your life right now. Yes, I'm currently on uh, day four of my COVID quarantine. Yes, Jackson does have COVID. Don't worry, we are doing this podcast remotely. We always have. So that's something yeah. that thankfully we don't have to worry I'm about. not leaning over and kissing Brayden on the cheek right now. Yeah, we're waiting until after the pandemic for that. But um, Yeah, it's going to be so, a great time. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, if you guys didn't know, um, this past, it was supposed to be Saturday, but some technical difficulties um, delayed it. But uh, we released our first episode of Imperial Cantina. That's kind of our fun show where we just sit down with a guest and talk about Star Wars one movie at a time. Um, so we just talked about A New Hope with Chase Youngwalter, um, our good friend, and he uh, has a podcast called Pointless Sports Opinions, and he came on and talked about everything. Literally, we, we t- I think we touched on almost yeah, everything was, there is to talk about it, it, with it A New Hope. It was a good conversation. It was a good yeah. conversation. We definitely, um, yeah. And then this this coming weekend, um, it'll be either Saturday or Sunday. We haven't um, completely finalized like the release date yet, but uh, we will be joined by Addison Brown, um, an actor that we um, both know. We'll be talking about The Empire Strikes Back. So uh, I'm excited about that one. Um, that's my... I, I don't know. It, it always switches. It's my first or second favorite Star Wars movie behind yeah, The Last Jedi the or in front of... Uh, same with Return of the Jedi. Yeah. Um, yeah. I'm always because it's like the perfect film. Yeah. 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 Um, what have you been up to uh, the past few days since we've talked uh, Star Wars wise? <laughs> Absolutely nothing. So there you go. Um, as you uh, should. I, I've been working through a certain point of view, which is pretty fun. I'm enjoying it. I'm still on Tatooine. Um, I got PlayStation Plus again, so I am playing more Star Wars Battlefront today. Uh, I had a Heroes versus Villains match in French today. I changed the language to French, and it was nice. Darth Vader. You know, <laughs> it was. It's fun. It's, it's just yeah. unweird. It's weirdly fun. But um, yeah, that's about. I think that's all that's kind of been active with what I'm actually doing. Keeping up with news. There's a lot of news that's kind of been yeah. fun. Yeah, we'll get we'll get into that in a second. Um, I haven't really been doing anything because whenever you're watching Lord of the Rings, as I just finished, it takes up a lot of your day <laughs> when you want to sit down and yeah, watch Lord of the fair. Rings. Yeah, that's very. You fair. have to like make a day of it. So that's kind of what I. Uh, if I'm not working, that's what I'm doing. Um, and then this week I plan on. Uh, you could spend the same amount of time watching all nine again. Just watch the Skywalker saga again. Yeah, yeah, just, uh, just do yeah. It again. I, I plan on getting my my. Uh, my like third watch of the year in for empire. So cool. Uh, I know we have some news stories we're going to get into this week and a little bit later in the show, we are going to kind of have a more fun discussion about the ships in star Wars, but uh, Jackson, what's the first news story this week? So starting out today for the news, uh, star Wars, the bad batch was announced that it will debut on May 4th on Disney plus that will be may the 4th be with you 2021. That's going to be a fun time. New episodes week, uh, will be airing weekly. Um, that's pretty exciting that we finally have an official date for that to start. Um, I'm certainly excited for the bad batch. I, I, how far are you in clone wars now? Um, I've been really bad about watching Clone Wars. I haven't watched an episode in like a week, but betrayed um, us and started watching Lord of the Rings. I know, I know. We're we're kind of in this mode of um, 
like wanting to go through different film franchises, but I think do the Godfather next. <laughs> yeah, we'll do the Godfather next. Waste your um, time in a different in a different direction. <laughs> yeah, but I'm I'm getting more and more excited for the Bad Batch. Um, the more news I hear about it, and <clears throat> I'm definitely before I even. I think that's my goal date for finishing Clone Wars um, is May 4th because I want to be able to watch Bad Batch. Just and actually, me, yeah, you should just immediately yeah. be able to pick it up. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but yeah, it's cool. That's kind of what it, what um, is expected just at weekly Friday, um, Friday yeah, episodes. Kinda, it's so Disney Plus cool. kind of brought it back because uh, Netflix did the whole binge watching thing. And now yeah, Disney I think Plus I like the back. way I think the way they do it where they're releasing episodes every week for these shows is you know, if you look at something like Stranger Things with Netflix, everyone talks about it for a week and then the buzz is gone. Yeah. For yeah. these, it literally keeps the buzz going for these shows for I, months on end. It, well, it reminds me like I remember in high school watching Walking Dead and like Walking Dead would air on regular TV on FX and like I would watch it on Sunday and then the very next day I talked to my friends about it. You know, we'd have like the whole week to talk about, you know, the next episode. Yeah. And that's cool that I guess Disney Plus made that relevant again. I guess if you've been watching regular TV, though, like it never went out of style. It's just everybody's watching streaming stuff now. So. Yeah, and there's also those people who like want to wait until everything has been released and then binge watch it. Yeah, which I'm not yeah. one of those people. I like being able to speculate every week and just like, you know, coming up with different theories and ideas what's going to happen next week. But um, yeah, uh, you know that's kind of expected, and that'll be cool that it's coming out on Star Wars Day. I think that is a year to the day whenever Clone Wars um finished. Yeah, it's when the finale came out. Oh, yeah. dude, you, <laughs> 3 a.m. it like was uploaded and I remember sitting there and like you watch it and like, oh, that those last four episodes. I want to watch that. The the perfect cut of Revenge of the Sith. Have you seen that? No, it's a four hour cut of Revenge of the Sith where it's essentially the last four episodes of Clone Wars perfectly spliced into Revenge oh, of the awesome. Sith to make it this super paced out movie. Yeah, I can't and wait until season seven. It's it's apparently only been like live streamed. Like you can only access it by like paying for a live stream to watch it. Wow. Yeah, it's I, I think it's going to awesome. totally, totally be done to watch it. Yeah. Awesome. What's next? So Republic Commando is actually it has been confirmed that it will be released on ps4 and switch um, i'm not sure if there's a release exact release date yet but it is being all um, updated and they're going to be um including different improvements and rework the controls and add trophies and stuff make it you know make it compatible yeah yeah and i just i just think that why not do this with all the classic star wars games <laughs> uh, they they just might actually i yeah. think that's kind of the plan because um oh imagine a battlefront one and two remaster Oh, oh, that'd be so cool. I've never played Republic Commandos. I haven't um, either. But watching this trailer definitely made me want to. It was not the vibe I necessarily anticipated it was. Yeah. So, um, yeah, I think that's super cool. I'll definitely be playing that, especially, you know, PS4. That's perfect. And you've got a Switch, so. Yeah, I, I have a PS4 and a Switch, so best of both oh, worlds. It, perfect. Look at you. Yeah. <laughs> that's uh, awesome. But, yeah, they haven't really... Um, sent out too many details on this game so there's not much to talk about um, so what is next on our list of news um, so Daisy Ridley uh, did an interview recently she's coming out in a, a new movie called uh, Chaos 
Chaos Walking. Yeah, her and Tom Holland. I keep seeing ads up with those. Um, it looks fun. Anyway, in her inter- interview, uh, they kind of talked about what was her... What is the reality of her returning as Ray? And um, Daisy was just kind of like, I don't know. Never say never. You know, yeah. she um, just exp- basically explained she was literally, I mean, never say never. Um, I'm always open to, re- to revisit. But also the beautiful thing is it's this wonderful, huge universe with all these stories that have yet to be told. Um, she continued on and said, I think there's a lot of cool things to be made before any potential revisit in terms of revisiting the character. I think that's a bye bye for now. Um my thoughts on that initially are like, yeah, I'm kind of down. Not like as I wouldn't focus on Ray, but like it'd be cool to see like a cameo or something if she really wanted to like hop back in the costume for a little while. Yeah. I'm never opposed to that style. But I also agree with that with her statement because like, yeah, there are so many different things you can tell with this world and this universe that like, why would you like, why focus on more of that? Not necessarily saying like don't, but more like like Ray got like Ray had her time. Ray yeah. like we we saw Ray's story. Like we don't necessarily anymore. But that doesn't mean I don't want Daisy Ridley back in the robes with her. I want to see her yellow lightsaber. The only thing I got from that is Star Wars Battlefront. That's the best content I'll get from that. You know. Yeah, I think that um, it's it has been so. It hasn't been that long yet since the Skywalker saga ended anyway. I mean, it's only been what, not even two years yet. So there's still a long way to go before I think a general audience is ready to, to hear Ray's story continue. I think there, there is, there is, you know, possibilities and opportunities for stories to be told with Ray's character down the line. I just think right now, um, just isn't the time, especially with, you know, understandably, a lot of people still have a bad taste in their mouth from the sequels. I'm not one of those people, but there are a lot of people. Um, and I just think, you know, give it, you know, seven to 15 years and let people, you know, get over the sequel stuff. <laughs> and maybe there is some story to be told with Ray that could be done really well and doesn't have to be a Skywalker saga movie. I have a question that is more not necessarily centered about Daisy Ridley and Ray, but more kind of like it could work with this too. Do you think we will see content past the Rise of Skywalker timeline wise? Oh yeah, for sure. I think that's where 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 they're going with Rogue Squadron. I really hope that's going to be. Oh, you um, think they're just going to continue? Oh, oh, I didn't necessarily think about that. I thought that was going to be more like because uh, um, I think on the logo that silhouette of the X-wing is one of the new X-wings. Oh, it's a new Republic one. Oh, I see. Um, Okay. At least that would be. I I want to see. I want to see the state of the galaxy after Episode Nine. I want to see where we are. Yeah. That is, yeah, that's very true. I want to see how, where this goes even to expand. And I, I, I think that's kind of funny that I am interested to see where the sequels will take us, even though necessarily everybody is kind of, I say kind, I say people are done with the sequels, but like, that's a split decision, like argument, you know? Yeah. I, I definitely think there are opportunities to continue Ray's story though. Like, just like people thought that you know, Luke's arc was finished by Return of the Jedi, but then you realize, oh, there's so many opportunities to give him more depth. And, yeah, that that is true. You know, continue his character arc. But yeah, I think uh, that's that's definitely a possibility. Um, moving on here, this is kind of just a, a fun thing. Tom Holland actually auditioned for Finn in The Force Awakens. 
how weird would that have been? What a different vibe I know. Yeah. Um, here's I'm, I'm going to kind of read his quote um, from the interview when he was talking about it. He says, I remember my audition for Star Wars. I was like four or five auditions in, and I think I was auditioning for John Boyega's role. I remember <laughs> doing this scene with this lady, bless her, and she was just a drone. So I was doing all the... He, he means droid, but he calls it a drone. <laughs> So yeah, that's I was not doing necessarily all this. good right off the bat. Yeah. yeah. So I was doing all this like, we got to get back to the ship. And she was going bleep, bloop, bleep, blop, bloop. I just couldn't stop laughing. And I found it so funny. And I felt really bad because she was trying really hard to be convincing Android or drone or whatever they're called. Yeah, I obviously didn't get the part. That wasn't my best moment. I'm kind of <laughs> glad. That he didn't yeah. Get the part. yeah, he's um, I'm glad he also was like, oh, yeah, like, no, nah, I'm definitely not walking to that one. <laughs> like, and especially because, you know, John Boyega is such a big Star Wars fan. And I think that really helps the way he was able to get into the character. And Tom Holland's like, what are they called Drones. again? Drones? <laughs> yeah. yeah. And he, I just think, um, That's you know, good. it wasn't meant to be. And <laughs> def- definitely wasn't. And I think... Um, you know, we wouldn't have a Tom Holland Spider-Man if if he got this part anyway. Could we have a John Boyega well, uh, Spider-Man? Well, not just necessarily. I guess it's a Spider-Man. Yeah. Who knows? But, um, you know, I I already knew John Boyega back then because um, there was this movie, this cult phenomenon movie called Attack the Block. I don't know if you've seen he- Attack the Block. I've heard of it. I've never seen it. I, I, I am aware of what it is, though. I, you I, must. I, yes. I do need to check it out. Basically, these, these this like um, gang of kids in London get attacked by monsters and aliens and they have to fight them off and like awesome. save London. It's it's awesome. Um, anyway, yeah, that's I think that's just kind of um, just a fun thing to talk about the what ifs of, of casting. But uh, what what's our next story? So we're actually going back to talking about the Bad Batch. Um, the uh, official Star Wars Instagram released a story showing off the um, the first uh, look at Fennec Shan's character for the Bad Batch in essentially Ming-Na Wen's uh, animated form the, the second time, you know, because yeah. she's also Mulan. Um, um, it looks all right. It, <laughs> she kind of looks like Laura Croft. <laughs> Yeah, she does. She looks and like OG Laura Croft. I was just about like, to say, she kind of looks like a video game character. <laughs> I, I think it's because this is like singling her out. It's like a Whereas still image too. It's, yeah. it's, it's a really close up image. So like none of the rest of the like, like, uh, uh, I guess background animation blends her in. So it yeah. just, it just looks like a weird, it looks like the image on the back of like a Tomb Raider game. Like, yeah. Especially because, like, even her hair is kind of like squared I, off weirdly. I think it's, I think it's her lips for me. Um, yeah, the the mouth just, shape. They just look very puckered, and like yeah. I I see what they were trying to replicate on <clears throat> Ming Na Wen, and the execution's a little uh, focused in, you know. Yeah, it'll look a lot better in motion with you know, in the atmosphere and in the environment and especially with like, you know, the cinematics of it, it'll look fine. But this <laughs> yeah, picture it's just looks look kind of weird. But this image is just funny to talk about. Yeah, that's funny. What do we have next? Kind of moving on here to our big news story of the week. So Indira Varma joins the cast of Obi-Wan Kenobi, the Star Wars series. Now, this deadline is reporting this um, and they're saying that 
this is good. They haven't announced what role she's playing. And they haven't announced what role anybody who's an, uh, who's been announced in the cast is playing besides <laughs> Ewan and Hayden. Like... <laughs> we both know where we're going with this. You look right at her and you're like, oh, easy. Like, oh, okay, cool. Well, that's cool that she's in it. It's cool that she's Satine. Yeah, um, this definitely confirms that Ray Park is probably going to be Darth Maul in the Kenobi series. I bet you they'll recreate that scene in live action. That we're like from a different, maybe from a different perspective, like a different perspective. Yeah, oh. Oh, you know what that means. Like we'll see. Like oh well, he's oh he's wearing the Mandalorian armor in that too. Oh, that's a good Obi Wan look. Yeah, I don't. I don't know. I mean, she Ugh. she she could just be, you know, a new character flash, they're going to bring just, in. Um, yeah, they could totally left like left field us and just yeah. yeah. Um, but you know, she is just so close in resemblance to you Satine. Just give her blonde hair, and she's a spitting image. Like, yeah, um, <laughs> yeah. I don't. For this series, do you think that Kenobi will? Will be full Ben Kenobi in in full Ben Kenobi mode yet, or do you think he'll still be in the transition like prequel Kenobi getting into Ben Kenobi? I think this will be about his transition into Ben Kenobi. Yeah, because I I don't necessarily I uh, my uh, my general idea of what I think the show is is that essentially Obi Wan's gonna be like forced on this adventure. I don't necessarily think it'll all be on Tatooine. Oh yeah, he's got to um, leave Tatooine. Yeah, so yeah, I don't know. Um, because Vader wouldn't come to Tatooine. Uh, Vader would definitely come to Tatooine. I don't think he would come to Tatooine. He hates Tatooine. You, he hates Tatooine, but like, hey, my wife was pregnant with two kids. I should at least make sure that those. I should at least make sure that uh, that Owen and Beru are dead. <laughs> <laughs> and Obi Wan's like, hey, stop that. Vader's like, you're alive too. Yeah, I don't know. Um, yeah, that's I, I it, it's I'm interested. I'm so interested because there are so many routes to go. Like it, there's endless possibilities, but some of the possibilities could kind of mess up the effectiveness of other certain moments in Star Wars. Like how we were talking about last week, how, you know, if we if we do see this big climactic battle with Vader versus Kenobi again, does that take away from the final duel they have in a new hope emotional stakes wise? I kind of assume that what they're going to do is essentially make the dialogue stay in Canon from a new hope. Like when I, when I last saw you, I was the novice and you instantly think of the Mustafar fight, but then they're going to make some new Canon thing. So yeah, I understand what you are asking. Um, I think they will find a way to, to, you know, make it make it effective and do it correctly to where it's not going to kind of I almost just want to say I trust them because I I I don't necessarily think that I think the people who are in charge of Star Wars right now are really smart about Star Wars and they're considering all of those factors because that's a that's a common I would say a common enough question yeah and I beg this please Please get the story group involved in for this show. I, I'm sure they already have, but 
a lot of the new Star Wars content, they kind of set the story group aside and just like let them deal with like the visual dictionaries and the novels yeah, and that kind of yeah. stuff. Get the story group involved here. Let them, you know, let them give you tidbits from the Vader comic and tidbits from a bunch, all the different stuff that isn't just yeah, the movies and the TV sure, shows. Make sure that your canon is is all around. <clears throat> yeah. Yeah. And I think, you know, with people like Deborah Chow at the helm and, you know, all, all of those different kinds of people who are involved with this show. I, I think that they would be dumb not to. So I agree. Um, that's just, that's just what I'm hoping. Um, Especially after the response of the sequel trilogies. Yeah. Um, I definitely, I think the reason why this is so anticipated for me is because I'm so curious as to where they're going to go with it. Oh yeah. I'm so curious to um, see what they're going to show us. Cause you know, they're, they got some kind of trick pulled up their sleeve, you know? Oh, yeah, And they start production in like two weeks. They start production super soon. Amazing. So we're gonna, I love we're, to hear that. We're probably going to be getting a lot of news here in the next month in or next month or two. Yeah. Uh, maybe with some set photos, <laughs> I hope. But anyway, what's the final story of this week? Um, so Alexander Freed, um, one of the beloved Star Wars artists uh, released the. I think this is the final book. Yeah, this is the third. The, of the this trilogy. is the final. Yeah, this is the trilogy. Um, the final Alphabet Squadron book. Uh, the new Victory's Price. Um, it released um, March second. Um, whenever you're listening to this, it released March second. That's today for us. Yep. Um, I read the first one. I have the second one ready to go, but I'm finishing. Uh, I'm finishing certain point of view. Um, Give us a little, uh, a little like a brief reaction to the first one. What'd so you think? the first one is, um, it's definitely a fun character study rather than it being like a, uh, I guess like you would expect like a, like a, like a, like the X-Wing novels and like the old, like, you know, fighter, like the, the dog fight, like, uh, movies and whatnot. No, this is essentially, it's about this ragtag team of people who all became rebels. Um, and they're formed by the new Republic. They actually work on Harrison Dula's ship. They like are under, yeah, no, 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 no. Uh, on her fleet. Like she, at this point, at this point, she is like a commanding general of the new Republic. And essentially she like, they're a, they're a, um, a special unit fighter squadron. And it's, it's formed of essentially one guy who is, uh, he's, I forget the species name, but he's the same species as a, want to buy a death stick. It's that guy. So he's got the little like twirls on his head. He's there. Uh, like information officer. He's there like spy. There's um, Yarika Quell, who's the main character, and she is essentially a TIE defector, a, uh, an Imperial defector from this TIE fighter squadron that is essentially called uh, Shadow Wing. And they're like this super good TIE fight team that like, every, like everyone's like they're legends and whatnot. She defected while the Empire was doing Operation Cinder, which if you've played the yep. Star Wars Battlefront 2 game, that's the plot of right. what they stop is an Operation Cinder on a planet, which was essentially these big weather machines that Palpatine sent out after he died that like destroyed the ecosystems of planets and whatnot. Yeah. Um, and the whole, I guess the whole quote unquote plot of the movie before I get to the quick rest of the characters. It's a small team. Um, is, of the movie. Yeah. Right. Alphabet squadron is hunting down shadow wing and they've appointed Yariko to 
be the leader of it because she was a part of it. So everybody doesn't trust each other. Um, there's Nath Tenton, who is a rebel who lost his whole squadron to the Shadow Wing, and he essentially went crazy and went rogue and started doing stuff like Sakurera and just blowing stuff up and just killing people because he was just like, I didn't care anymore. And he essentially defected from the army. He left He left the rebellion. Um, and then there's, oh, I forgot their names. There's, there's two where it's essentially they were both part of different, uh, both part of different um, squadrons, but they were on the same ship. And essentially the plot of their like little story. Cause that's like half the book is their story of how they get on alphabet squadron is that shadow wing figured out how to track in hyperspace and chase them into this like giant, like space cluster to where like, it was just like a storm all the time and they would just like stalk each other and mm. like every once in a while have dog fights and essentially shadow wing picked them off to where these two people were the only two in the entire fleet that survived. And it's just like they, they spent two weeks like in their cabin alone, like in their ship cabin traveling through hyperspace. It's a fun read. It's a good time. It's a little it's a little dense in the middle just because it's a lot of like character growth and whatnot. And once the character growth happens, it's instantly like ah, we're going to save the day. Like, here we go. So I definitely will read uh, number two and eventually number three. Um, it'll be fun to talk about and whatnot. Um, they're good. They're fun. Cool. Uh, where it. in the timeline does the, do these take place? It's, um, it's probably thinking lost stars years. It's the last year of the war, I would say. Okay. Cause they're like, just pick, they're like still dealing with like Imperial forces fighting back. Nothing big like Jakku has happened yet. The war's still pretty normally raging on. I would say okay. like with, within a year or two after return of the Jedi. Okay. So they're. With the hyperspace tracking, so we kind this is kind of like the beginnings of them actually utilizing it because it's kind of been we learn in Rogue One that it's kind of like a, a like an idea that's still being developed. Yeah, in this it kind of is like at this point it's that the empires figured it out. Um, gotcha. And I think this is eventually what leads them to the technology that can make Tie Fighters uh, travel through hyperspace. Um. Because they're able to do it, like, they just kind of send a shuttle at a time and then, like, d dispatch the TIE Fighters. They wipe everyone out, come back, they go back to the main ship, and the main ship zooms off. And okay. then they, like, and then they, like, the like the good guys will leave, and then, like, Empire's, like, back within the hour. Right. And they're just like, hey, what's up? Awesome. Yeah, it's a good time. So, you want to cool. have our, our discussion of the yeah, day? Yeah, let's kind of get into this um, this little discussion. We wanted to, since there wasn't a lot of news this week, we kind of wanted to just see if there's any other thing fun we could talk about. Um, and we kind of want to talk about some of our favorite Star Wars ships and vehicles um, throughout the entire saga. Um, you know, obviously there's going to be a lot that come to mind when you when you first think about it, things like the Millennium Falcon and X Wings and Tie Fighters, yeah, the the classics. Yeah, what is what are some of your starting with just the the first couple? What are some of your favorite Star Wars ships? Um, off the top of my head, or do you want me to read from my list? They're both from your the list. same thing. Yeah, go for um, it. So for my list, uh, <laughs> it's the all right. So it's the Naboo ships, right? There's yep. the Phantom Menace one, and then I like the Attack of the Clones one that looks like the bomber. That like is the ship from the very beginning that gets blown up. 
Okay, and then, yeah. and then I think there's another. Or I think they take the attack, the Phantom Menace one to Genosis, or maybe I have those switched. I had have to rewatch Attack of the um, I don't remember. Yeah, <laughs> but like you know, this it's the silver Naboo ships. They both look cool. Yeah, the J type. Uh, I, I think they have it down as like the J type three two seven Nubian Royal Starship. That's the Phantom Menace, and then the J type Diplomat that, Barge. That's the that's, that's the that's Phantom that's Menace the, one. Yeah the the okay. other the one you said is the Phantom Menace, where the gotcha. Diplomat Barge is the bomber. It's the two wing. Right. Yep. Um. I love Star Destroyers. <laughs> I, yeah, you do. <laughs> I love. I have a Pinterest board that's actually secret. Uh, that is only Not Star anymore. Destroyers. Yeah. I mean, like you can't see it. It's only mine, just for me. <laughs> but it's only Star Destroyers. Nice. It's, it's just Star Destroyer art that I have. I just love how menacing they are. Yeah, I love how evil they are. I have this fear of very, very big, like structures. <laughs> and yeah. like 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 imagine being on like the titanic or something and seeing and like how massive af- during its sinking and it's going up and you just see how absolutely ginormous that thing is i yeah, feel right. the same way about like if i was on jakku and i i, I saw the big star destroyer the big one crash. yeah I, um, it's just terrifying to me uh i had a image on my it was my playstation background and it was san francisco but it had a star destroyer in the back and the star destroyer just like towered yeah. like just was this massive beat like giant thing and then it was like the golden gate bridge like yay like yeah that's just crazy yeah i love a good star destroyer name some of yours and then i'll, I'll throw um, in some more of mine i just think this is this one, I think, is my number. If I had to rate them, which we're not doing, but if I had to, this would be my number one. Um, and it's obviously the Millennium Falcon, or of course, yeah, or of course. If, if you want to call it the YT thirteen hundred light freighter, um, Corellian, Corellian, Corellian light, light freighter, yeah. Um, right. But man, if that ship just, it, it, I think it's because we see it do so many cool things. And how versatile it is as a ship, and it's and it's such a weird design that you don't expect it to be able to pull like off a, these things. A flying hamburger. I mean, come yeah. on. <laughs> I mean, yeah. like in like it looks like it the end of a spatula. Like <laughs> yeah, and it can go through like an asteroid field with no problem as that long as you got yeah. Han Solo at the at the pilot seat. Um, but yeah, there's just. It's just like the perfect if I was going to, um, you know, have an adventure in the galaxy or if I was doing like a like a tour of the galaxy, I would want it to be in the Millennium Falcon. I honestly I I'd probably do a TIE fighter. Really? In that cramped little ball? I don't know. I just not. It wouldn't be my base of operation. Did you ever read the book Ready Player One? No, I saw the movie. I didn't watch. Uh, I didn't read well, the book. In the in the book, there's a part in it where he's like at his base of operations and his I for, he's like on a little moon that he bought that like is his base. But he's got like uh, like a like a uh, uh, a hanger of like classic ships that he's collecting. There's Serenity from Firefly. He's got, you know, uh, he's got like the, the Batwing or whatever, but he owns a TIE fighter. And he was like, yeah, I wanted the Millennium Falcon, but like TIEs are fast. And I was just kind of like, yeah, that makes sense. I was like, yeah, like. Oh, I'll just like show up in my Star Destroyer and just dip out in my TIE Fighter and just zoom across the place real quick. Yeah, I, I, I can see that. But yeah, there's just a certain charm to the Millennium Falcon, especially in the state that Han Solo has it in compared to Lando. <laughs> yeah, right. Um, it's just it's just so good. And it kind of. It kind of. 
hits home the the whole feeling of Star Wars and tone of Star Wars of like being lived in, and yeah, you know, because right. you you expect this. this this whole galaxy, like if if you're first coming into Star Wars, you expect it to be how you think the future is going to be, all shiny just, and bright, <laughs> we like Star Trek. Yeah, everything is polished. Yeah, yeah, and then you get into it, and it's like a dirty, rundown ship. Like, like it always needs parts and always needs 20s. yeah it always needs to be fixed and it yeah. always needs to be like you can like every it doesn't really every, work in the original trilogy in the original trilogy like anytime they have to go anywhere Han Solo has to make some sort of adjustment or Chewie has to go work on <laughs> He's something like, Hold before on, we gotta fine tune it real quick yeah <laughs> yeah um and then obviously another kind of entry point into into Star Wars like, I mean the entry point into Star Wars is the Tan of Four. Um, oh yeah the corvettes those yeah. are those are on my list too those are my favorites yeah yeah i just think i, I the, the shape of it is so bizarre <laughs> as if the millennium falcon isn't but yeah right and i also just love the interior white everything the white, yeah it's just so nice glossy glossy those are always really pretty yeah really pretty in the eyes uh i like the uh the jedi starfighters like the uh, i love the second version the revenge of the sith style yeah um i i do kind of like the um it's not a jedi starfighter but it's the one that kenobi has in attack of the clones when he's going to um camino it also oh, goes to the, Geonosis. The little, the little red. It's that's like the Phase One version. Yeah, it, it, it's it's a different model, but like to get yeah, to like, hyperspace, it has to. Like, I think uh, that's uh, how it all no, is. It's no, that both, ring. both versions. Yeah, yeah they, they had to like, that, like yeah. the little, like the little like ring. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And like but it helps them. The the Attack of the Clones one is kind of like a flying tortilla chip <laughs> with a little dome on it. <laughs> They're like arrowheads. Yeah. <laughs> That's funny. Um, I like uh, I like B wings. I think out of all yeah. of the rebellion ships, I think B wings are my favorite. They're my favorite ship to fly in uh, Star Wars Squadrons. Well, speaking of rebellion ships, I do have one that is a resistance ship. And for those of you who are Last Jedi fans, is the Radis, who which is named after Admiral Radis so from the, Rogue One. Mon- it's the Mon Calamari ship. Yeah, it's the it's the one that takes out the dreadnought that um um Holdo does the Holdo maneuver where she puts in oh, hyperspace yeah, yeah, and yeah, destroys yeah, the yeah. dreadnought. Yeah. Um that that ship and it's called the Radis after Admiral Radis, which is one of my favorite characters from Rogue One. Um I just love that sh- I love all of those calamari like we they have the weird warts <laughs> on the mm-hmm, ship. Mm-hmm. And uh yeah. I love those. There's, uh, you know, and actually in Alphabet Squadron, they spend time on a Mon Calamari ship and like it gives oh, yeah? you an insight of like what it's like in there. It's apparently super hot because Mon Calamari are uh, am- amphibious and yeah. need like higher it's got, temperatures. It's got to be all humid and hot. So they're just like, yeah, so it's nice for them. But like for humans, it's a sh- it like it sucks. Like it's awful. Yeah. I also like. How awesome was it watching The Force Awakens for the first time and just seeing Kylo Ren's ship come down with those wings folding up when it lands? <sighs> my it's actually, so my, cool. My favorite shot of it is in Last Jedi when it's the the line of the super AT-ATs and it's yeah. his ship right above and like the shot of him and Luke. I love how it, it looks so commanding. Just hovers. Yeah. yeah, it's so evil. Look, yeah, I love it. 
I mean, it, it is called the Upsilon class command shuttle. So it, it, it is commanding. Um, it's awesome. It, it just like, it looks like something Kylo Ren would, would pilot. Yeah. Right. Um, so yeah, that's cool. Um, this is kind of a, <laughs> kind of a, a, a funny one, but the, the Gungan Bongo submarine from the Phantom Menace. <laughs> the, that's got the, like the twirly, like they look like, uh, like streamers and a fan like <laughs> yeah or they kind of look like have you ever gone through a car wash and those weird rubber yeah. flaps <laughs> yeah. it looks like those <laughs> but i i always i think um was it me or somebody else that i knew had a lego of that and oh that's cool yeah and i Ooh, always and like did the thing spin i bet you like i don't remember i was so young but the I've always been like weirdly emotionally attached to that submarine thing only because of that Lego. Um, I like the, uh, what are the Republic shuttles, you know, that looks like the paper clips. Oh yeah. From attack of the clones. Well, what I remember them from attack of the clones, whenever they're going over Geonosis. Um, yeah, that's kind of there. Yeah. When they're first shot, I am trying to look in the, at, for them on this, uh, this website it only has the uh it's only got their their star fighters which are the uh arc 171s were you a fan of uh vader's uh what his superstar destroyer yeah yeah you like the superstar destroyer i always thought it looked kind of weird because it still had like a star destroyer tower but it was in the middle of like the weird like guts thing that the ship is yeah um and it always looked out of place. It always just was this like small little tower commanding this massive ship, you know? Yeah, it always looks like there's like a city in like the middle of it for some reason. Yeah, I don't know what that looks, is. I don't know what it is. It's just, it's like it's they just, just didn't want to give it more armor. Which one was this? Was this? This is the Executor. Yeah. And his first one's like the Devastator or something like that. I can't remember. I can't remember Vader's first ship. How do you feel about Kylo's um, TIE silencer, his his ship from The Last Jedi and Rise of Skywalker? Oh, I see. I like that one. Yeah, that's the Kylo ship that I prefer. It's the uh, The Last Jedi when he when he shoots Leia's uh, yeah. cabin out, but he's like spinning through. Yeah, it's always cool. Yeah, I, I love how that thing maneuvers. It's so satisfying. I love the sound it makes, the, the like skip TIE sound. Yeah, it's very... Uh, it's very grungy. What's your favorite like sounding ship? Like what is like the most oh, pleasing man. sound? I think it's got to be the TIE Fighter Screech. It probably is. Yeah. I do like I mean, the we, roar. We have it at the top of our show. <laughs> yeah, right. I do like the roar of the Falcon. Yeah. Just that, you know, whenever it barrels over something, I love that sound that it produces. Yeah. And I also, I also do love the sound of a good X-Wing. Like an X-wing landing, I was thinking yeah. about that, like that wind down sound. Yeah, yeah. Um, just a couple other kind of honorable mentions. Um, the Naboo and one fighter from the Phantom Menace, those yellow ships that Anakin Ooh. gets in, looked like. Uh, what's that? What's that like tennis game with the uh, the shuttle rockets? <laughs> looked like I don't know why. <laughs> that's that's oh, what my head went to the shuttlecock. Um, yeah 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 the uh badminton badminton that's a, that's that's the word that was a man <laughs> um, yeah i i i remember seeing them 
and thinking because my first introduction to Star Wars was the Phantom Menace, seeing them and thinking that that's how just the the ship design was like in Star Wars, and then you realize that that is such a different, weird design from every other kind of Star Wars ship. Like the weird pointy, so, so nimble, you wouldn't expect it to be a fighter. Yeah, it's it's so like you definitely and could pierce, <laughs> could like pierce a person. <laughs> if it if it backed into somebody Naboo just likes to put that chrome on like everything they own yeah. so just yeah those are always fun those are pleasing to the eye my my idiot self as a kid always thought that's just what the ships were like i guess yeah. i never really understood the political jargon that happens in phantom menace when i was a child so i never really understood like whose ships were whose i didn't start understanding the political jargon of the phantom menace until like this year that's also mainly because you probably didn't watch it till this year in, in a hot recent minute. Oh, no, I, I've I've probably watched it at least once a year for it's, the past 10 years. It's, it's like trade. It's trade treaties and whatnot. The trade yeah. federation, like broker trade feeder treaty or whatever. I don't know. Yeah. I don't know why you watch Phantom Menace. <laughs> and then, <laughs> l- lastly, while we're on the Phantom Menace, the pod racers are so cool. Mm. Uh, that's also a good sound. That's always fun. Though. Oh, and the speeders. Just yeah. like Star Wars speeders, mm, pod racing. That's always I always loved the different styles that they had. Yeah, and the sounds are that 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 is a good point. The sounds are so awesome. What's the one? Was it the Bulbas that that? Something like that. Yeah, I know. Something like that. You know so Bulbas is had like, like had like the reverb. You know, whatever one had like the reverb that like echoed like that. Yeah, and here's my impression of a pod racer. Skywalker's taking the lead. Oh my gosh, the the pod racer announcers are so those that should have been in our honorable mentions for whenever we're talking about our C and D list characters. Oh, the pod racer guy. Yeah. Too funny. Young Skywalker. Yeah, right. But guys, I think we uh we kind of went over sloppily all of our favorite Star Wars ships. Um as you can see, we're we're not Star Wars experts, we just love Star Wars. Um, we just like talking about it. We just like talking about it. Um, but thank you guys so much for listening to this episode. Um, you can find us on Instagram at Through Imperialized Pod and on Twitter at Imperialized Pod. And then if you also want to hook us up and subscribe on the YouTubes, you can search Through Imperialized Podcast. We will pop up. Jackson, where can they find you on the socials? You can find me on Twitter at Quacks and Scalene. That's Q-U-A-C-K-S-O-N, Scalene like the triangle. And you can follow my photography Instagram at Deline underscore photography. Deline spelled D-A-L-E-E-N. Braden, what about you? You can find me if you want to follow me on Instagram at Braden Ledbetter and on Twitter at Braydathalon. And then, guys, please make sure if you have Apple Podcasts that you are rating and reviewing the show. It really, really helps out the show. And if you don't, uh, go ahead and follow us on Spotify. That always helps out, too. And if you want to ask us a question, um, we didn't get a chance to cover any questions this week. If you want to ask us a question, don't be shy. Our social- yeah, don't be shy. Don't be shy. Hit up our social medias. <laughs> We are always open to questions. We have a question segment at the end of every show besides this week. It was kind of a busy week. Um, and we will talk about them. And we want to talk about you guys' questions. Jackson, do you want to talk about their questions? I, of course, want to talk about their questions. You said, we well, have a busy week. And I was like, yeah, I have COVID. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so, so, yeah. Um, thank you guys so much for listening. Jackson has COVID. Um, 
And also, this coming weekend, we are going to be talking about The Empire Strikes Back with Addison Brown. So keep a lookout for that for the second edition of Imperial Cantina. Um, It'll be fun. Yeah, but until then, may the Force be Jackson. With you.